This is Poetry from Studio 47. Welcome. Today's poet is James Joyce. I should mention right off the bat that Joyce is not known as a poet, at least not in the traditional sense of that word. He did write some poems, but he's best known for his fiction. In fact, James Joyce is usually recognized as one of the greatest writers in any language. His prose, at least for me, is filled with a poetic sensibility. Also, the calendar tells me it's nearly June 16th, known as Bloomsday, and for lovers of literature, it's one of the most important dates on the calendar. But more of that in a minute. Joyce was born February 2nd, 1882, in Dublin, Ireland. He was educated at Clongoeswood College and then later at University College Dublin. He met a young woman named Nora Barnacle on June 16, 1904. It was a meeting that would change both of their lives. When Joyce's father found out that his son had fallen in love with a young woman named Nora Barnacle, he said, Barnacle, is it? By God, she'll stick with you, boy. The two of them left Ireland shortly afterward and moved around to such cities as Trieste, Zurich, and Paris. Joyce died in Switzerland on January 13, 1941. During his lifetime, Joyce wrote Dubliners, Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man, Ulysses, and Finnegan's Wake. All of these take place in Dublin, a city he loved, but it was a city that he did not want to live in. Today on the show, we're going to focus on a paragraph from his masterpiece, Ulysses. So, what makes Ulysses so special? And why is Bloomsday, which takes place in Dublin each June 16th, so popular with people all over the world? Let's start with the title. Joyce was heavily influenced by the Odyssey, which was written by Homer some 3,000 years ago. In this epic poem, our hero, Odysseus, is trying to get back to his wife Penelope after the Trojan War has come to an end. He gets blown off course and has many adventures. In fact, it takes Odysseus many years to return home. Leopold Bloom, the hero of James Joyce's Ulysses, walks around Dublin over the course of a single day and tries to get back to his wife, Molly. Thus, the mythic structure of the Odyssey gives order to Joyce's novel. Ulysses, by the way, is what the Romans called Odysseus. Each chapter of Joyce's Ulysses mirrors what happened 3,000 years ago in Homer's story. Instead of the Mediterranean Sea, this novel takes place in Dublin, and instead of it spanning years, it spans one day. And yes, that's right, that single day is June 16, 1904. Our hero, Leopold Bloom, is unassuming. He is nothing like a soldier. He is quiet. He is in his 40s. His marriage is rocky, and he is grieving for his dead son. He is also Jewish, which immediately makes Leopold Bloom an outsider in Dublin, which is a city that is mostly Catholic. Published in 1922, Ulysses still remains the Mount Everest of literature. It is challenging and hilarious and monumentally innovative. To read it is to be changed by it. All of this brings me to Bloomsday, June 16th. It may surprise you to learn that Bloomsday is bigger in Dublin than St. Patrick's Day. More people visit Dublin for June 16 than they do for March 17th. People dress up as if it's 1904. They act out important chapters in the streets of Dublin. And throughout the day, people move around Dublin following in the footsteps of Leopold Bloom, rechasing his odyssey. Today's reading is from a chapter in Ulysses called Hades. Hades, of course, is the place of the dead. And in Joyce's version of Homer's Odyssey, this chapter takes place in Glasnevin, it's a huge cemetery on the outskirts of Dublin. Even though this is a chapter about death, it's still very funny. It celebrates life. 
In the Odyssey, Odysseus journeys into the underworld where he meets his mother in Hades. In Ulysses, Leopold Bloom thinks of his father and how his father died of suicide in 1886. He also thinks of his dead infant son, Rudy, who he misses terribly. Bloom is attending the funeral of Patty Dingham. The funeral procession crosses four rivers in Dublin, the Daughter, the Liffey, the Grand Canal, and the Royal Canal, and this mirrors the four rivers in Hades that Odysseus himself crosses. As the funeral procession winds throughout the city, Bloom looks at the passing statues of dead men. They are ghosts from the past, dead in their glory. In this chapter, we're inside Bloom's mind. He uses a lot of adjectives like gray and dull and brown. He even describes things in terms of death. Cheese, for example, he calls the corpse of milk. And Bloom thinks to himself, every Friday buries a Thursday. We don't know much about Paddy Dingham, but we do know that he had a heart attack and that he drank too much. It says something of Bloom that he has come to this funeral of someone he didn't know very well. And when it comes time for the Catholic Mass to honor Dingham's life, Bloom, as a Jew, is an outsider. Later in the novel, he imagines eating the Eucharist, the body of Christ, and he thinks it's a form of cannibalism. He feels alienated in the church. It is foreign and strange to him, and he does not like being surrounded by the dead. At first, Bloom thinks of all the ways a person could be buried, in the ground or at sea. Bloom even imagines being tossed out of a flying machine. This is a rather novel idea because Orville and Wilbur Wright had only successfully flown their plane one year earlier in 1903. While surrounded by the dead, Bloom ultimately decides to focus on life and how he is still in the world, still breathing, still above ground. The short passage I'll read today is written in something called stream of consciousness. That is to say, we read the thoughts as they appear in Bloom's mind. It feels a bit fractured to us, but we're pulled along in the undertow of his imagination. This is from the Hades chapter of Ulysses by James Joyce. A corpse is meat gone bad. Well, and what's cheese? Corpse of milk. I read in Voyages in China that the Chinese say a white man smells like a corpse. Cremation is better. Priest dead against it. Deviling for the other firm. Wholesale burners and Dutch oven dealers. Time of the plague. Quicklime fever pits to eat them. Lethal chamber. Ashes to ashes. Or bury at sea. Where is that Parsi Tower of Silence, eaten by birds, earth, fire, water? Drowning, they say, is the pleasantest. See your whole life in a flash. But being brought back to life? No. Can't bury in the air, however. Out of a flying machine? Wonder, does the news go about whenever a fresh one is let down? Underground communication. The gates glimmered in front, still open. Back to the world again. Enough of this place. Brings you a bit nearer every time. Last time I was here was Miss Sinico's funeral. Poor Papa, too. Give you the creeps after a bit. I will appear to you after death. You will see my ghost after death. My ghost will haunt you after death. There is another world after death named Hell. I do not like that other world, she wrote. No more do I. Plenty to see and hear and feel yet. Feel live, warm beings next to you. Let them sleep in their maggoty beds. They are not going to get me this inning. Warm beds. Warm, full-blooded life. Poetry from Studio 47 is hosted and curated by Patrick Hicks. All poems used with permission, recorded live to tape at Augustana University, and produced by Peter Folliard. Thank you for listening.